Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women? I run an advertising and marketing firm. I'm Renee Frazier, the CEO and a social psychologist heading an ad agency. At Frazier Communications, we do many, many different campaigns for good in the world. That includes talking with people about COVID and vaccinations, managing and running and creating campaigns about the importance of talking, reading, and singing to children in those early early years and how their brains develop so quickly, 90% by the age of five. And that's our Talk, Read, Sing campaign. We also do work for Toyota and Lexus. But on the radio show, Why Women? I'm here to talk about ways women lead, succeed, and to provide tips for all of us on how to get stronger and better particularly since I strongly believe that women make the world a better place. When we're the decision makers, there's a lot of humanity involved and empathy, and we know we need that in today's world. Today, we're going to be talking about Guardian Girls Global Karate Project. I know it sounds unusual. What's that all about? Well, I actually visited and went through a karate seminar where I actually practiced myself and learned so much. That was on Saturday. And what I learned was how important this is to empower women. Well, the woman who started this with her husband is here with me today in the studio. She's going to be telling us all about the reason for this program. And I'm going to start with one statistic, which she provided to me. Unfortunately, you know, uh, one in four women between the ages of 15 to 24 who've been in a relationship will have experienced some gender-based violence. Recently, I was with a group of women. There were six of us, all CEOs, talking about our experiences. Two out of the six had also experienced gender violence in their relationships. So women really do know how to defend themselves. Let me bring on Nia Light. Nia is one of the founders of the organization. Welcome to the show, Nia. Thank you so much, Renee, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's delightful to see you in person. I saw you on the stage, so to speak, at the session, and I'm so glad that you're here. Tell me about, first of all, you've got a beautiful name. I'd like to hear what the name means, and then we're going to talk about Guardian Girls and the uh, the, uh, starting and the impetus of it. Yes, so my name is Nia Light. Nia means purpose in Swahili, and light means bringing light into the world. So purpose of bringing light into the world through every project, you know, that I do and uh, that our foundation does. That's great. That's great. Well, let's talk about the foundation and the impetus for starting that. Yes, so Koyamada International Foundation, we started in 2008, my husband and I, with two volunteers. And we just had a big heart and we wanted to say we want to make a difference in the world. Well, now we have over 200 volunteers worldwide and over probably 14, 15 offices around the world wow. in four different continents. And um, we started this initiative, Guardian Girls, and Guardian Girls Karate. It's a collaboration between Koyamada International Foundation, the United Nations Population Fund, and World Karate Federation. So when we started was in 2019 before the pandemic. 
and my husband went to Nairobi. Tell us about your husband, because I think his karate background plays a role. Yes, yes. I'm married to a karateka. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he's also an actor, you know, and a producer. He was in The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. He played Nobutada, the son of Ken Watanabe. He's also a Disney Channel star. He had, you know, his own show there, Disney Channel Games and Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. And um, he has third degree in uh, black belt in karate. He also does Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. And uh, I remember when we got married and I moved to Los Angeles, he gave me a pepper spray. Ah. And he said, let's go to the park and let's practice how you're going to defend yourself. And I was... You're exaggerating, honey. He said, no, you're a woman. You need to know these things. Yes, unfortunately. And I would say his name again with the movie credits just so people can Google him if they need to. Yeah, so you can go Sheen, S-H-I-N, Koyamada, K-O-Y-A-M-A-D-A, which he always says, just think about call your mother, Koyamada. <laughs> That's how you remember. <laughs> Koyamada, I love it. I love it. Well, what a wonderful thing to do. So you started this... It sounds like Shin really understands the need for women to protect themselves. And let us understand why you went to the U.N. and what that collaboration includes. Yes. So at that time, we were invited to a women's panel in Nairobi, Africa, with the United Nations Population Fund. I couldn't go because I was trying to get pregnant and I had to take the malaria pill. And the doctor said, if you take the malaria pill, you will not be able to try to get pregnant within six months to a year. So my husband was the only man in a women's panel talking about the period and all the girls' subjects. And uh, he saw what was happening there to the um, uh, women in Kenya, in Nairobi, and the young girls. Huge statistics of domestic violence and sexual abuse. So he made a pledge that he wanted to help these women. And when he came back, he told me, honey, we need to do something to help them. So he said, how about if we teach them to protect themselves? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be her the, the young girl or the woman and the attacker alone in a room mm-hmm. or in any way, right? So it comes down to what can you do if nobody can help you. Right. And um, that's what, you know, uh, inspired us, you know, to start the project. So we flew to the United Nations headquarters in New York and uh, we signed a bilateral agreement between Koyamada International Foundation and uh, the chief of United Nations Population Fund, Natalia Kanem. And um, I was able, you know, to to sign that agreement as the first woman, you know, Colombian woman signing an agreement. Wonderful. Yes. And then then after that, we uh, put the project on hold because of the pandemic, of course, and everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 2022, last year, the World Karate Federation heard about what we were doing and uh, they were very excited. So during the pandemic, we... We helped a lot of people and a lot of women, and we started the program in Tanzania or Tanzania, but they call it Tanzania in Africa as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And it's in a village of uh, young girls that have been victims of gender-based violence. No men is allowed in this no village. No men allowed, and unfortunately, it's very, very common there. And it's good to hear that the, the girls and the women are in a separate place where they can be protected. And so you actually constructed the seminar for those girls, in that, and that was the first one. Yes, and that's how we started. Um, so World Karate Federation heard about it. They were very, very excited 
and they contacted us and they said that they wanted to to join you know forces with us um and we signed the trilateral agreement at the uh, residence of the Japan's consul here in Los Angeles in October 8th and we launched the first seminar for free here in Los Angeles and the trilateral agreement is to launch Guardian Girls Karate at a global level between the United Nations Population Fund, Koyamada International Foundation, KIF, and World Karate Federation. Wow, you've got amazing scale and scope, and uh, Nia's an amazing woman. Shin's an amazing partner to her, and uh, it's it shows you what a small group of people can really accomplish. You know, Margaret Mead said that. She said, never underestimate what a small group of people or one woman can accomplish, and you see that. I think so many of my listeners wonder, well, could I start a nonprofit? Do I know how to make a difference in the world? And the answer is yes. And you've been able to do it, which I think is fantastic. Now, the way you've done it in the other countries and the way you did it in the United States was to pull women together. And tell us why you're not doing girls at this point. Yes. So obviously the name is Guardian Girls, right? Right. Um, so the the girls' bodies are different than the women's bodies. So at this time, you know, we are focusing on 18 plus, but our goal, of course, is like in Tanzania, they are young girls, uh, to do seminars separately for them because the, the body is a little bit weaker, you right. know, when you are younger. Uh, we saw some of the 15-year-old volunteers, you yes. know, and they can be pushed very easily. Pushed so very training- easily, and like you've told me, they often comply. They're so frightened and so scared. And I want to talk about that in our next session, the fear level. And I'm going to share the fact that I was robbed at gunpoint and what that was like because that was a reason I ended up taking the seminar. I really felt I needed something, and... Uh, Feeling helpless is not a good feeling for anyone. So I'm so delighted to have you on. For the next session, we're going to be talking about my experience with this robbery at gunpoint, but also in more detail about what the karate involves. So we're going to bring on a karate master who is one of the teachers as well, which I'm very excited to hear. So you're going to be hearing traffic next. Stay tuned for the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women, as we talk about Guardian Girls Karate Project. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking today with Nia Like about Guardian Girls Global Karate Project. It's a fascinating one. And we're focusing in on how women can help and defend themselves. Unfortunately, violence against women is a serious problem around the world. Nia was telling about those about the work in uh, that they did in Tanzania and the the conversation panel discussion that occurred in Nairobi. But even here in the United States, it's a serious problem. One out of three women have been subjected to sexual violence or intimate partner violence or both. And I shared the fact that I'm in a women's group, which I won't name, but uh, one out of three of those women mentioned that they had been through this experience. It's a very sad thing to see. And uh, I know that we're trying to stop men from doing this, but in in the shorter run, we've got to be as women, be stronger in the way we respond to it. Um, I'm going to also bring on Elisa Au, who's been a wonderful resource as part of the Karate Project. And I've, so, Nia, let's let's introduce Elisa. Elisa, can you say hello to the group? 
Hi, everyone. How are you? Uh, great. Thanks for joining us. Elisa, I'm going to ask you to, um, to, to tell us a little bit about your background as a karate expert. Sure. Um, well, I started karate when I was five years old uh, at the YMCA across the street from my childhood home in Honolulu. And I took to it right away. I loved it. Um, it's always been a passion of mine. And, you know, one thing led to another. I kept training and training, became a national champion when I was 10 and uh, became a junior world champion at 14 and uh, was the first woman to win a world championship from uh, the U.S. at age 21. Wow. Um, and since then, I won three world championship medals and multiple uh, multiple other, you know, international uh, accolades. And and now I am the uh, chairwoman of the USA National Karate Do Federation. We are the national governing body. So we're under the USOPC umbrella. So we're the national governing body for the sport of karate here in the U.S. Wow, Elisa, that's very impressive. And and as a woman, you must be one of the first, right, to, to be head of that group. Yeah, I actually am the first female to run our organization, which I'm really proud of. Um, it's about time. And um, we're excited for, you know, all the things ahead that we have, uh, all the potential we have for USA Karate. Great, great. Well, I should explain, Elissa was our instructor. Uh, there on Saturday, there were maybe 40 of us women going through it. And then on Sunday, uh, Neil, tell me how many were there for the Sunday session? We had over 100 women. Wow. Yes. Wow. And this is all ages, just so everybody knows, from 18 up to 70, 75, 80. And, and it was really calibrated so the women could uh, learn what was uh, relevant for them. And Elissa was so good because she said, if you don't feel comfortable, like some of us didn't feel comfortable with the choking, but we saw what you should do and we could learn from that. Elissa, uh, what drew you to the organization? How did you find out about this? Yes, well, I found out about it through our IF, the World Karate Organ uh, Federation, which Nia mentioned earlier, is part of the partnership with the uh, Koyamata International Foundation and, and the UNFPA. And uh, I was instantly interested as well, uh, because I know that there's something special about karate and karate practitioners, particularly female karate practitioners, and that we have the skill set, we, we know how to defend ourselves. And it's something that I wish all women had the uh, the tools and the knowledge to do so. So having Guardian Girls as a avenue to be able to teach women outside of our sport some basic self-defense skills just seemed like a, a wonderful idea and something that I wanted to be a part of. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were there and you did it. Uh, Nia, it's been a, it was remarkable to see this um, experience unfold and to be part of it, I have to say, was wonderful. Tell us a couple of more statistics. Uh, women are actually killed by their partners on a regular basis, unfortunately. Yes, gender-based violence knows no limits. You know, it's like everywhere. One woman, this is shocking, every 11 minutes is assassinated by her partner. Ugh. One of every three or 736 million women in the world have been suffering from gender-based violence, either sexual abuse or domestic violence. And um, it's a culture of silence, Renee. Nobody really talks about it. Mm -hmm. It happens in every single country. We thought it was just something that happened in Nairobi, in Africa, in Kenya. No, it happens in the most advanced countries as well as third world countries. It happens in the most educated families, very wealthy families, 
as well as the low-resource families. What happens is that we women freeze. We women don't uh, do the call the police and say, hey, that my husband or, or my boyfriend or whatever, you know, push me. Mm -hmm. It starts with a push, then it escalates, escalates. So there is so many things going on between the time that a man starts abusing the woman to the time that he decides to kill the woman. That's a really good point. You know, yes. it begins with a push and women are fearful, right? I'm sure he won't do it again. I know if I'm nicer or I won't speak to him that way and then it won't happen again. And unfortunately, I've been reading books about this and I see how common it is. And as you said, it escalates. So in part, if a woman defends herself, the man will know she's not the one I should be doing this to, right? Yes, and we want to empower women through the Guardian Girls Global Karate Project that I don't know martial arts. I'm not like Elisa or my husband that are karatekas and started, you know, at a young age. I, you know, I can barely run now because I just had a kid, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but the reality is it gives you the confidence to know that even if you don't know martial arts, because this is designed for women that don't know martial arts, right? that you can defend yourself to give you the confidence that you can do it. But also for us women to educate each other. Hey, your boy, between girls talk, right? We right. talk everything that's going on. Right. This is happening. You think this is normal? It's not normal. You need to start keeping a record. You need to start doing, you know, um, calling the police when all these things happen. Because the big problem, Renee, is that one woman every 11 minutes is assassinated and then what the law and the people say, right, is like, oh, it was so shocking because nothing never happened. Right, because nothing it was, was no... reported up to that, right, yeah. no record of it. You're right. They have, And they should talk to a friend about it, and they should take pictures of the bruises and things because it's your word against his right down the road, and unfortunately, sometimes the system is biased. So, But I agree with you about that sense of confidence and empowerment. And uh, having taken the class, I felt that. I had a sense of, okay, now I understand, just for an example for the audience, just the idea of shoving your elbow back with speed and with, with real intensity never occurred to me, right? I could push my elbow back, but when I saw it done karate style, you've clenched your fist and there's an exertion to the, to the hitting that really will knock somebody off their feet. And that was a simple, small one. Another one I'll mention is if somebody grabs your arm, which unfortunately happens in situations in families as well as uh, out on the street, the idea was to, the weakest point is between their thumb and their forefinger. Elisa, I'm going to let you correct me if I'm wrong in just a second. And when they grab you, you turn so that your thumb goes right through that spot on their hand between their thumb and the forefinger. I have to ask Elisa to make sure I, I shared it properly. You shared it perfectly. You're a great student, Renee. It's exactly what we're looking for. Just those little little takeaways that every woman should know. Right. And then having done it and physically done it, you felt there's a sense of confidence. There's a sense of power inside you that really is important. You know, I had a status meeting today with my employees and I said every woman, it should be mandatory that they take self-defense. I'm sorry they weren't able to to participate in the in the seminar, but maybe there'll be another one. So, Nia, you, you really understand the dynamics here for women. Um, talk a little bit more about how this works and how you've made it work in other countries and, and probably why Elisa is such a good uh, teacher. Yes, 
Elisa is wonderful. You know, she's just like so amazing because she has the background on karate, um, but also she's a mother yeah. and a wife. Oh, I didn't know you were a mother. Yes. Elisa, I'm really her, happy to hear that. Great. Her two children were at the seminar. Oh, were they at yes. the seminar? How yes. wonderful. I saw your husband there. I would have liked to have met the kids. How How old are your children? My kids are nine and 11 years oh, old. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's wonderful. They're so cute, They're... you know. And I, and so I feel now that, I'm a, that I am a mother, it gives you a different element as well, you know, with respect to all the women because, you know, I went through so much and trying to get pregnant and everything. But finally, you know, I have my son. But it does change your psychology completely. I feel like I'm a person before and a person after. And everything, you know, is for the new generation. So I feel we felt, you know, in the team that Elisa can really contribute, you know, to all of this. Plus, she's an amazing teacher and an amazing human being. Yes. And mother. So she understands that this is just planting a seed because you're not going to become an expert karate self-defense in 90 minutes. But you can walk out from that class and um, feel the confidence, you know, that if you want to continue your training in karate or the second phase when we start opening the Guardian Girls Academies, you know, in every country and every city, then you can go there and train. That'd be great. But it gives you... Yeah, but it gives you like a better chance to survive and run. Exactly, exactly. You know, we're running out of time, so I want to just move into the next section where we're going to talk more in detail about that and about the future plans for expanding this. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women, and we're talking about why women, unfortunately, are abused and what they can do about it with the Guardian Girls Global Karate Project. So stay tuned, and I'm going to share my own experience And we'll talk a little bit about the psychology behind why women freeze and don't necessarily uh, know how to protect themselves. So stay tuned uh, for news and uh, traffic ahead. We'll listen and we'll look forward to talking with you on the other side on the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm Dr. Renee Frazier. I run an advertising and marketing firm, but our show is really about how do we help women? How do we help them be stronger? How do we help them lead and succeed? And today we've been talking about gender-based violence. We're talking with Nia Like about the Guardian Girls Global Karate Project and Elisa Au, who is, is a karate champion and was my teacher on the Saturday class. But before we get back into the classes themselves and the events that are planned for the future, so some of you who are listeners can participate, I wanted to talk a little bit about, with Inia and Elisa, about the psychology and what happens with women, because many of us feel like, well, it's just me. But in fact, there are a lot of commonalities in the way women respond. I think, as we all know, we're not really trained to fight back. I remember my brothers were trained how to box when they were little at eight and 10. My dad got them boxing gloves and there was a punching bag and they were taught how to hit back. Well, they didn't even think about including me, the older sister. But I would I should have learned because it would have been helpful. You know, unfortunately, about 15 years ago, I was actually robbed at gunpoint and it was a most frightening experience I've ever had. I was in a car with my brother, letting him off after we had lunch, and a man came up to him with a gun and put him in a headlock, put the gun to his head, and then pointed the gun at me. 
And he said, give me your purse. Give me your money. I want your computer. And I could not believe the adrenaline that went through my body. It was the most powerful. It's like somebody had given me a shot. And I was shaking, but shaking on the inside. I was so scared. It was my brother. <clears throat> and, you know, I was the one, I guess, with the purse. So, therefore, you know, he was pointing the gun at me. So I, I gave him the gun, but I knew nothing about what to do. I couldn't even find words, you know. I, I just had no sense of how to react. And my brother didn't either, despite those boxing lessons when he was little. Now, thank goodness is we both survived. The man took the purse and, you know, and took my brother's computer. He's a screenwriter, so he really wanted his computer. He didn't want it to disappear, but it went. Obviously, when you're in that kind of situation, you want to uh, you want to give them whatever they want and, uh, and let them have you know, take the take the uh, material things. It was the most frightening thing. I had to sit in my car for a half an hour to calm down. I could not let myself go. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. Eventually, I called the police, and they didn't even come for half an hour because it, it had already taken place. Anyway, the point was I was so shocked by the experience, I was frozen. And I know that I've now been on streets where I can also feel people behind me, and I don't know what to do. But after taking the class, I do know what to do after taking the seminar. Nia, you know this better than I. Women go through these experiences. How do they feel? Yeah, it's terrible. You know, we women tend to freeze. Now, a lot of people ask, you know, but you don't do karate. You know, why are you doing this for women? Uh, what a lot of people don't know, you know, I did a TED Talk a long time ago. And for the first time, I opened up that I was kidnapped when I was 12 years old. And it was at gunpoint kidnapping. It's a traumatizing Awful. event, mm -hmm. you know, for any woman, any type of gender-based violence. So we, I froze, my family froze. We were put into a car and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm terrified of abductions, terrified of kidnapping. So in a way it was like, wow, I really wish I would have had known what to do. Now I know with this seminar never get in a car. You right. stand a chance of fighting if you are outside in the parking lot, right? If you scream. So, but we women tend to freeze because we are conditioned and educated. And I think it's the collective bias as well mm -hmm. of we, we, we need to comply. We need to be quiet. We right. need to behave. We need to don't be too loud. Don't make a drama, you know, like all these things. But the reality is, you know, that we have no education in what to do if anything happens. We think, oh, we, we should just let the man do whatever he wants because, you know, that way he doesn't kill me. Or even if he tries to kill you, then I should just comply. Right. And it's a big problem, Renee. Big, big problem. I mean, Elisa, you mentioned this in the seminar. You talked to us about make as much noise as you can. You know, unfortunately, in a That's city right. like Los Angeles, it could be a parking lot, right? Tell us more about that, Elisa. Yeah, I mean, you want to use all the tools that you have. And for some people, you know, who may not have the martial arts training, may not know physically what to do, you have your voice. And so the more attention you can draw to the situation, the greater chance you have of someone stepping in and, and helping you, or at least someone calling for, you know, police and, and other authorities to come and help. So use your voice. It's one of the tools that you have. Uh, as Nia mentioned, do not, you know, comply and go to another location. Don't get in a car where you can be taken off to somewhere else. Try to stay where you are and bring as much attention to yourself. 
the other thing about using your voice too, is that you do kind of activate the rest of your body, um, you know, with the adrenaline and it can really help you, you know, uh, enhance what you don't even know that you're physically, you're capably capable of doing physically. Uh, when you add that, that screaming, that, that uh, exertion with your voice, your body can do some pretty amazing things. That's a really good point. And I think by screaming, obviously the person might even be so scared they run away, right? Cause they know there are people That's who right. will hear you and they don't want to be caught. So it's a way to signal, no way this is not happening. Another simple thing that you shared, which makes so much sense. I'm even embarrassed to say it is hold your keys in your hand when you walk to your car. Mm -hmm. You know how many of us then dig into our purses and can't find them right away? And you also told us, don't sit in the car and check messages. Someone can come up to the car, put a gun to the window, all kinds of ways you can be damaged. So those are two small but simple things. And then always walk on the safer side of the street, right? Elisa, I'm trying to remember everything. Is there anything else I forgot? No, those are those are really good things. And just remember, you know, uh, run. Running is is your best is your best bet first. Run to safety, then hide, and last last but not least, if you have to, then fight. So you don't need to feel like you have to fight as your first step. If you can get away from the situation, do that first. Even someone who you know has the experience in martial arts should try to avoid the situation first as a, as a first step. Then you know if you really need to defend yourself, that's when you have to fight, and you have to fight until the end. Don't ever give up. Once you're engaged in that physicalness, you have to keep fighting uh, and, and and don't stop until until you're in safety. And use your purse, use your bag, whatever you have. Mm-hmm. I know if I had to run, I would have to kick off my shoes. I would probably throw my shoes, but I would then run as yeah, fast yeah. as I could. So I'm not running with my high heels that I'm a little bit known for. Nia, what else do you want to share about how women have complied and, and this notion that we're just not trained uh, to be able to defend ourselves? I think, you know, the most important thing for the audience and the people that are listening we are all one we are women and uh, you have the capacity to defend yourself even if you think you're weak even if your body type is is small or slender and they can just blow out you and then you fall off no 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 you have to change your mentality to I can defend myself I can survive and I can put myself out of this situation you know whatever situation you are in your home with your family with somebody that thinks that loves you well that's not love you know so there is so many other things but the most important message is to empower you to defend yourself through karate. Now, we are in Los Angeles, and Los Angeles, the statistics are really crazy. There is 43,000 emergency calls of domestic violence, according to the LAPD. This happens here in LA, too. So we are taking these seminars, you know, all over the world. We did, this is the second one we did here in Los Angeles. We did one in Cairo, in Egypt, in Guadalajara, Madrid, and uh, we are going to Morocco in a few months, then Japan, Ireland, Hungary, and uh, New York, and then we will finish again in Tokyo. But our plan is to have at least, you know, maybe three or four more seminars in the Los Angeles area. Wonderful. We'll get more information about that. You know, you mentioned Egypt. The women there wear burqas. Did they experience the same thing? Yes, it was very interesting because each country that we go to, we have to customize the training, you know, according to what they go through. So in 
chiral, they are covered from the head to the toes. Literally, they are all covered. They can only reveal their eyes or their face, depending, right? And they still get assaulted in the trains, in the public transportation. They had a big issue, which was that men touched their private parts. So we had to teach them how to, with women, protect themselves and avoid that in the public transportation. So like, for example, if it's all the women, then lean against each other. Don't lean against a man because he will try to grab your private parts and just touch you everywhere. Um, also the the hand, you know, so, so, so you think, because many times they say, oh no, it, you brought this onto yourself. Then they turn around and they, feel the victim be like, well, it's your fault because you were, you had a miniskirt or you were dressed too sexy or you were showing too much. No, 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 women. This happens even if you are, you know, a nun all the way covered, right. it, it still happens. Right. And we, we tend to do that. We blame ourselves. You know, it's an internal attribution in the psychological terms. You're absolutely right. We have to be aware of what we can do. I want to close and go right into our next section. So we'll talk more about what women can do and how this wonderful Guardian Girls Global Karate Project can help you, the listener. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Fraser Show, Why Women. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking today about how domestic violence, gender-based violence is so common for women around the world and what we can do about it as women. There's a wonderful program, Guardian Girls Global Karate Project, and I have Nia Like here telling us about what that project entails, as well as Elissa Au, who's a karate instructor and a world champion in the area. It's so important. I'm going to give you the website so you know where to get more information in just one moment. But I thought I'd, I'd check with you, Elisa, on your experience. I mean, have you ever put karate into action in a situation where you had to defend yourself? You know, I have to say I'm incredibly fortunate that I've never had to use um, my karate skills on the street to defend myself. However, I do think, you know, there's sometimes we're, we're unlucky and, you know, we, we do have to defend ourselves. And sometimes it's just about the, it's the confidence that you exude that can maybe help uh, dissuade mm-hmm. a potential, mm-hmm. you know, person from, from wanting to, to, to target you as a victim. Right. And I do think that there's something to be said for that. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's entirely my uh, credit to my credit that I haven't been attacked, but you know, um, I think there is something to be said about the confidence that a martial artist has uh, where they don't look like your typical victim. And no. so maybe they're less yeah. likely to be chosen. I think um, you're right. I, I could see the way you carry yourself with confidence. Yeah, you exude that. And I do think that means that you're not you. as much of a target. Unfortunately, though, Nia, we know that other women, you know, especially we if we carry a lot of bags, perhaps might hunch your shoulders over or be on your phone while you're walking. Those are all signals to a perpetrator that, oh, she'll be an easy victim. I can grab that bag. She'll have the other one. Isn't that what happens? Yes, yes, it happens. And, you know, it happens in many countries. You know, when you travel to South America, you know, in many countries, they kill you for a cell phone. So the people are don't even take your iPad or your cell phone outside because, you know, you're distracted or in an active shooting situation. Most of the people that are victims, you know, in a 
in a shopping mall or something is because they are on the phone and they're not paying attention to what is happening. They can't even hear the gunshots. Ah. So, yes, technology is wonderful. They, what would we do without our cell phones? But we really need to, I think that this training gives you more awareness uh, to be more aware of your surroundings and really what's happening. Right. I think you're absolutely right. There are so many levels to the, the learning you get and the sense of confidence and empowerment. It's very important. And I'm excited to hear that you're going to be doing this around the country, the world, around the world. And you told us about Morocco being next and all the other countries, Japan, etc. Are there any differences you've noticed in terms of the women's willingness to participate or the way they gravitate toward this based on the cultures you visited? Yes, in Cairo, it was so interesting. You know, it's primarily a Muslim country. And um, even though, you know, they have a small percentage of Jewish people and they have a Coptic neighborhood, which is a Christian neighborhood. Yes, I visited um, there. Yes, yes, amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, but still, it was really interesting. We were all there. And then the women all of a sudden say men are not allowed in the room. So we had a videography, a videographer that was a man. We had the Japanese ambassador, which is a man that was there. We had, you know, people from uh, the Federation there. And we were, oh, so, oh, 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 okay. okay. So now no audience you know, we could not have any audience. audience. So we had to ask all the men to leave oh my. and to go to the VIP room so the women could do the seminar. And they said only the necessary men can stay. Oh my so that was a challenge. Yes. Um, then in uh, Madrid, you know, Guadalajara, which is an hour away from Madrid, we had another challenge because we had women that are already victims of gender-based violence and domestic violence. Oh, my we also had them here in Los Angeles. So we work with different organizations and they brought yesterday a bus with 27 women that are in the shelters for the protected women. So these women are less likely to participate because they are afraid. Sure. They're already traumatized and the physical aspect is just one. Then it comes the psychological aspect and the mental triggers and all of this. So we've had instances in Guadalajara and, you know, yesterday in Los Angeles Angeles, where some of the women were triggered. And then how do you handle that? Because she is the victim and we are here to help you, yes. not to harm you. Right. 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 But yeah, but we had some women that particularly one, she shared with me all the voice messages of her ex-husband trying to kill her. She showed me all the stabs that oh he gosh. had stabbed her with a knife oh all my. over the back. Oh. And I just start praying with her. Yeah. You know, I myself, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I Sometimes I think, you know, how this evil and darkness in the world, how can a man rape a, a, a child? Oh. Is, is, you know, like, how does, can this happen? So it's a very tough subject. So what gets me through the day is praying, you know, to God uh, for protection for me, for my son. And as a mother, as a woman also, to educate my son and to educate men, to plant that seed for the next generation, Renee. Yes. Okay, for us, it's different. For the for the new generation, for my kids, the, my great-grandkids, that the women don't have to go through this yes. and that the boys and the men learn that this is definitely not right and not acceptable. I think that's so important. That, and I tell that to my friends who have sons. I said, please teach them to be thoughtful, compassionate, and to understand consent. 
Another colleague I have is doing a whole program in New York for high school girls to talk about how you ask for consent, how important it is, and how to avoid violence from people in their their community, the boys. Because and and parents have to teach boys what consent is, right? Exactly. And it has to be very explicit, you know, particularly if kids are drinking together, getting high on weed, whatever it may be. And they like the kissing, right? But it doesn't mean they want to go all the way, as we used to say. Exactly. You have to be able to defend yourself and also to be very assertive about the way you say no. Yes. And, and, and I think also, you know, the other aspect is, you know, the drug use is very encompassed with this because then they drug the girls. So teaching the girls and the women, they're listening. If you go out, don't leave your drink on the table. Right. If a stranger gives you a drink and offers to buy you a drink, no, you can buy yourself your own drink. Make sure you don't walk out to the bathroom and leave there because they can put any type of drug there, sleep you, numb you, and then take you and do whatever they want with you. And you wouldn't even know. Unfortunately, it's so common. It's really disturbing. You know, I have a colleague, they're developing a nail polish that women can wear that they can put their finger in the drink to see if it's been drugged. Amazing. We need more of these things to protect ourselves. It's so common that there's a market for that, right? Wow. But you're absolutely right. And how easy is it to, you know, put your drink down and go to the ladies' room? Make sure, first of all, you should never go by yourself should have a women a woman friend with you. You know, when my daughters travel and I tell them, don't ever go into a bar. I think a restaurant, if it's very nice, is fine if you stay by yourself, but do not take a drink from another person, just as you said. Really good advice, Nia. I, I worry, you know, about this in the world, but you're right. Praying can help and gives you a sense that we have some protection. I want you now to mention the website and what people should look for on the website. Yes. So for more information, you can go to guardiangirls.org, guardiangirls.org, or you can go to KIF, Koyamada International Foundation, really easy, KIF, K-I-F dot org. And uh, you can just go there and see all the seminars that we are going to have. They are all free. For women around the world, uh, if you also want to join our cause and volunteer and travel, you know, to another country and be part of this movement of Guardian Girls, then you are welcome to do that as well. That's exciting, you know, for, for someone to go and, and be on a mission with you to be able to do it in another country. I'm going to ask you to mention the countries you're going to next, just so people can get a perspective. And then I'm going to ask you about back to Los Angeles. Okay, great. Yeah, so we are going to be in May in Morocco, then uh, Fukuoka, Japan in June. Then we will be in um, uh, Potentially, you know, Los Angeles in the summer, we are working with Monica Rodriguez from the City Council, who is interested in doing some seminars here in Los Angeles in the 7th District and other districts. And then we will go to Dublin, Ireland in September, Hungary, Budapest, Hungary in October, and uh, then we will finish in um, Tokyo in December. Wonderful. Is there an opportunity for a corporation to sponsor a seminar, for instance, with their own women or for their clients? Yes, yes. So definitely we have had a lot of requests for that. So all of that information, you know, you can go to guardiangirls.org and then one of our teams will be, you know, very interested in talking to you. I think that this is very important, you know, for all the women in the corporations. Yesterday we had one of the uh, victims from the uh, union for the janitors. Uh-huh. And she was telling me, you know, that a lot of the janitors in hospitals, in clinics, 
in schools and universities have been sexually abused and attacked. Oh. And she said, you, you should bring this to us. So we want to bring it to the, um, you know, to all the unions, to all the companies, but also to the private corporations and, uh, you know, to the studios, to the, you know, networks, to everybody, you know, uh, anybody that has a company, especially if they have women, you know, we will be able to fly, you know, Elisa and the champions, you know, to teach you yes. and uh, your women how to defend yourselves. I love that idea. I hope some of our listeners are thinking about that. You know, as a as a CEO, I have to admit, I think about safety and what should I be doing for my employees. In this day and age, retention of employees is so important. So you really want to have on your mind, what can I do to enhance their life experiences, right, and their well-being And frankly, if you make your women work late, this is even more important, right? Uh, and because, you know, if they're, I know how many women work late, then take an Uber, but they're on the street, right? Waiting for the car to come. Things could happen. So I'm glad that you're offering it to others. Uh, what we will tell people then is we'll stay in tune with you. And if you come back in the summer, we'll be sure to talk about it on the show so that we can alert the listeners. Yeah. You know, we're going to be wrapping up in the next minute or so. Nia, I wanted to ask you any advice you'd like to give to the women out there that are listening and to the men. Yes, to all the women that are out there listening today, um, just remember that you have the confidence and the empowerment to defend yourself. You can do it. Believe in it. You are not weak, as you've been told. We are very strong. We go through so many things in life. And if you really put all of those things together, that's what makes you strong to survive. And uh, for all the men out there, respect women, love women in all the ways and educate for the fathers, educate your sons, you know, to be good men in, in the future and trust God. You know, trust, have a, a spiritual higher trust that you have, you know, that you can put the armor of God and go to the streets and protect yourself as well as spiritually and mentally. Oh, I love that, Neil. You've shared a lot of good information for everyone. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the seminar. I'm glad I was invited. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Elisa, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope I get to see you again in another seminar. Really appreciate it. Yes. We are going to wrap this thank up. You. Thank you for participating. Thank you. Thank you. So guardiangirls.org is the website people can go to. And I want people to know that you can listen to this as a podcast on our website at fraziercommunications.com. We have a series of others as well. And we're going to be talking about the consent project that I mentioned on another show. Because that's also important for young girls. Thank you for listening. This is the Renee Fraser Show, the Dr. Renee Fraser Show, my psychology background. And it's really called Why Women. Thank you so much for being with us today. Have a great week ahead.